yes. You know, for some reason, I thought, well, the, our last session is just going to take us right through the new year. Yes. Surely we won't have to meet again. I know. And there it was. We no. didn't make it. No, not even close. No. No. <laughs> we still have a week before Christmas. Yes, we do. There we are. Yes. Oh, gosh. I know. How are you doing? I'm blessed. How are you? Well, definitely blessed. Yes. Definitely blessed. I'm good, though. Yeah, we're getting through it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I know. Yes, we are. This too shall pass. It shall. Yes. It shall. Yeah. These kids are driving me a little crazy. We I were know. talking earlier. Yes. I love them to pieces, but... It's a lot of work having them home. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll yeah. make it. It's for a reason. Yes, that's right. we got to hold on to that. All right. Well, we are on numbers. We're in numbers. I'm so glad. We're in a new book. Yeah. I love that. Um... Would you mind starting us off in prayer? Absolutely. Okay. Lord, I know you are with me and love me. Give me peace of mind as I prepare for this study. Help me to focus on my books and notes. Keep me from all distractions so that I will make the best use of this time that is available to me. Give me insight that I might understand what I am studying and help me to remember it when it, the time comes. Above all, thank you for the ability to be able to study and for the many gifts and talents that you have given me. Help me always to use them in such a way that they honor you and do justice to myself. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Yes. Now, is there anything you would like to chat about before we get started? I don't have anything, do you? I don't. No. I'm trying to think. No. I don't really have anything. No. All right. Well, okay. then let's, we're going to get cracking in numbers. And I thought we would just go over a few things before we get into chapter one. Okay. So it was saying, okay, numbers, it's the fourth book of the Bible. It was written around 1400 BC and it covers 1450 BC to 1400. So about 50 years there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Written by Moses. And the name of this book comes from the Lord's instruction to count the Israelite males who were able to go to war. And then um, our little intro in the Bible to Numbers said, At Mount Sinai, the Israelites received specific directions for their lifestyle in the new land God would give to them. And we went through all that in yes. Leviticus. The people were now prepared to continue their journey to the promised land just over one year from when they were rescued from slavery in Egypt. Just as the Lord prepared the Israelites, he prepares us for our journey through life. Boy, one year, It for some reason in my oh. head, it just seemed like a lot longer time. But that's a lot to go through as a people. In one year only. One year. I know. It seemed like it was hundreds it really did because from being slaves in Egypt to traveling, you're at, you know, the base of Mount Sinai and you have, so you're going through all the traveling and the Lord is, is talking to Moses, giving instructions for a whole new way to live. That's a lot to take yes, in. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then, um, 
One last thing, it's in Numbers, which records the tragic story of Israel's unbelief, should serve as a dramatic lesson for all of God's people. God loves us and wants the very best for us. He can and should be trusted. Numbers also gives a clear portrayal of God's patience. Again and again, he withholds judgment and preserves the nation, but his patience must not be taken for granted. His judgment will come. We must obey. My goodness. This is really the the book where it's like, oh, Israelites, come on. I know. Yes. (laughs) Is there anything you wanted to add to that? No. I said well. Very well. Okay, so on to chapter one. Okay, so the Lord wanted Moses to list all the men who were 20 years or older from each clan and family who were able to go to war. The Bible then lists the tribes and names of the leaders who would assist Moses. So there were the 12 tribes and there were the 12 leaders. The final number was just over 600,000. The Levites were not included because they were in charge of the tabernacle, who also had to carry the tabernacle during their travels. And we've talked about the tabernacle before, and my goodness. It was just, it would have been fascinating to see how they broke it all down and how it was carried and how they moved around with it. Mm. Now, did you have any notes for chapter one? I did on number one, one, it says, as the book of numbers opens, the Israelites had been camped near Mount Sinai for more than a year. They received all the laws and regulations recorded in the book of Leviticus. They had been transformed into a new nation and equipped for their task at this time. For their task. At this time, they were ready to move out and to receive their land. In preparation, Moses and Aaron were told to number all the men who were able to serve in the army. This book is named for this census or numbering of the people. Mm. Now, did you have any other notes for chapter one? Um, For one, I do. I have one more. Taking the census was long and tedious, but it was an important task. The fighting men had to be counted to determine Israel's military strength before entering the promised land. In addition, the tribes had to be organized to determine the amount of land each would need, as well as to provide genealogical records. Without such a census, the task of conquering and organizing the promised land would have been more difficult. Whenever we are at a crossroads, it is important to take inventory of our resources. We will serve more effectively effectively if, before plunging in, we set aside time to take a census of all we have. Possessions, relationships, spiritual condition, time, and goals. You know, that last sentence I thought was really interesting, especially for 2020. Yeah. Because don't you feel like one of the positives coming out of this is that a lot of people have been able to do that. They have been given time to take a census of, of, you know, all you have. Yeah. Cause we were all given, I mean, whether you wanted it or not, we all had more time to see, Oh, oh my gosh. Like how much stuff do I really own? How yeah. many possessions do I have? And I've noticed because, you know, I've always been one to go to like thrift stores and stuff like that. Like most of the, most of the thrift stores aren't taking donations right now because 
they there's no more room. People mm-hmm. have been going through their stuff. 2020 has allowed them to have the time to go through and be like, wow. Yes. Uh, I There is so much unnecessary junk here and they've been able to donate it. Absolutely. I agree. You know, so and, and hopefully they have been looking at, you know, their spiritual condition and maybe changing goals or altering them at least. Absolutely. We just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Oh, yes. Merry Christmas. <laughs> because now this will take us through Christmas. Um, so we just hope everyone just has has a blessed time, you know, with, with family and friends. Absolutely. Merry Christmas to all of you. Be safe. Yes. Yes. And then I had one note for chapter one. If there, So it was just over 600,000 men. Um, not counting the Levites or women and children, the total population must have been numbered more than 2 million Israelites. And I looked it up. I'm like, okay, well, what state approximately has that much? Yeah. In Nebraska. Nebraska really? has of about, all the, of all places? about 2 million. <sighs> and I was like, could you imagine Nebraska, every, all the Nebraskans, and I hope that's the correct term, being like, all right, Nebraska, we're all getting up and we're leaving. Yeah. That's a ton of folk. Wow. How could such a large population have grown from Jacob's family of 70 who originally moved down to Egypt? The book of Exodus tells us that the Israelites who descended from Jacob's family multiplied so greatly that they became extremely powerful and filled the land. And that was from Exodus chapter one, verse seven. Because they remained in Egypt more than 400 years, they had plenty of time to grow into a large group of people. After leaving Egypt, they were able to survive in the wilderness because God miraculously provided the food and water they needed. Mm. Wow. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. Um, Do you have anything else for chapter one? That's it. Okay. So chapter two. So first the numbers were compiled. And now God instructed Moses and Aaron how the Israelites were to set up camp. Each tribe was designated a specific area located around the tabernacle with their banner, which I thought was neat. Like, and it makes sense. It sure does. You know, each one had their own location and stuff. The tribes also had to travel. Whoa, those jets are low. Yes. The tribes also had to travel in the same order in which they camped. The remainder of chapter two broke down each tribe, the order in which they traveled, their numbers and their leader. Now, did you have notes for that chapter I two? Did. Um, the nation of Israel, Israel was organized according to tribes for several reasons. It was an effect, effective way to manage and govern a large group. It made dividing the promised land easier. It was a part of their culture and heritage. People were not known by a last name, but by their family, clan, and tribe. It was easier to keep detailed genealogies, which was the only way to prove membership in God's chosen nation. It made travel much more efficient. The people followed the tribe's standard and thus standard and thus stayed together and kept from getting lost. Mm. It had to be that way. Yeah, it, it had to. Oh. Yeah. Um, I did have one other. Go ahead, um, yeah. It said that um, 
In the early stages of the journey and at Mount Sinai, the people were generally obedient to both God and Moses. But when the people left Mount Sinai and traveled across the rugged wilderness, they began to complain, grumble, and disobey. Soon problems erupted, and Moses could no longer effectively manage the Israelites. The books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers present a striking contrast between how much we can accomplish when we obey God and how little we can accomplish when we don't. Hmm. Okay, so uh, was that it for yeah, chapter that's two? Yeah, Okay, so chapter three. Chapter three explains who the Levites were, what their function was, a detailed breakdown of their families and what their positions were, and taking the place of the firstborn Israelites. And they had a nice little introduction to the chapter. The Levites were a special tribe in Israel set apart for service to God and his people. The priests came from this tribe, but not all Levites were priests. Here, God details the roles of the other Levites in the life of his people. Now, in Numbers chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Call forward the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron the priest to serve as his assistants. They will serve Aaron and the whole community, performing their sacred duties in and around the tabernacle. They will also maintain all the furnishings of the sacred tent, serving in the tabernacle on behalf of all the Israelites. And then there were a few notes in chapter 3. Do you have something? I have just that the Levites um, were to be 25 years old before entering service, and they probably received five years of on-the-job training before admitted to full service. Hmm. Yeah, I have a note. Uh, Aaron and his descendants were appointed to the priesthood. There's a tremendous contrast between the priesthood of Aaron in the Old Testament and the priesthood of Christ in the New Testament. Aaron and his descendants were the only ones who could carry out the duties of the priests and approach God's dwelling place. Now all Christians may come into God's presence without fear because God's own son encourages his followers to do so. We can put guilt behind us and experience forgiveness when we have a special relationship with God based on what Christ has done for us. And then the next part of chapter three uh, breaks down the Levite families and their exact role in caring for the tabernacle. So each family knew exactly what they had to do within the tabernacle. Like God didn't leave anything up kind of up in the air. He's like, no, you guys do this. You guys do this. You're doing this. Yeah. Then in uh, numbers chapter three, verses 40 and 41, then the Lord said to Moses, now count all the firstborn sons in Israel who are one month old or older and make a list of their names. The Levites must be reserved for me as substitutes for the firstborn sons of Israel. I am the Lord, and the Levites' livestock must be reserved for me as substitutes for the firstborn livestock of the whole nation of Israel. And I like it because then for the remainder of the chapter, it kind of broke down what happened. So the firstborns applied to humans as well as animals. And that was explained in... Was it Leviticus? Was it It might have been. I think so. And then Moses had counted over 22,000 firstborn sons of Israel. And then the Levites substituted for the firstborn sons of Israel. 
but there were 273 more. So that meant that Moses had to collect five pieces of silver for each uh, additional child. And then it would go to Aaron in the tabernacle. All right. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. But that was it for chapter three. Yes. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't have nothing for three. Okay. Now, chapter four, we're talking about some of the clans. There was, uh, okay, the Kohathite clan, the Gershonite, and Merorite clans. These were all divisions of the tribe of Levi. All were able to serve in the tabernacle between the ages of 30 and 50. And the Lord, uh, like we spoke about, the Lord was very specific as to what their duties were in the tabernacle. Yes. Now, I think it's later on where it explains because they only they only did their work up to the age of 50. Yeah. And then they were advisors. Was that yes, right? Yes. Yep. They didn't totally retire, but they were advisors. Yes. That was smart. Yeah. I agree. Because then you can mentor. Yes. Be yeah. a little mentor. Um, but yeah, what, what notes did you have for, uh, I said, for, um, I, um, it says that they were expected to carry out their duties as described in here in every detail. In fact, failure to do so would mean death. Mm. This contrasts greatly from the religious, this contrasted greatly from the religious practices of the Egyptians who could purchase amulets and potions their idols could be hand their idols could be handled the god of the hebrews was not to be handled or reduced to common elements he is greater than anything in his creation worshiping our holy god must be ta- must not be taken lightly mm-hmm. so their god could be a potion or a, the way i understand that i'm that that one was... because it got kind of loosey goosey with the egyptians yeah yeah mm. Okay, are you ready to move on to chapter 5? We're zip-zapping right through this. Yes, we are. My goodness. Yeah. Now, uh, chapter 5, the intro for that chapter, it was absolutely vital that God's people remain pure so that they could represent him well to the world. This meant that they needed to deal with sin and maintain God's standards within their camp, which essentially represented their borders while they were traveling through the wilderness. Now, the first half of chapter five deals with purity and restitution in the Israelite camp. And we spoke about cleanliness and skin diseases earlier in Leviticus, but it's brought up again. And here the Lord told Moses that anyone with a skin disease or who touches a dead person is ceremonially unclean and must be removed from the camp. Also, restitution must be made if anyone betrays the Lord by doing wrong to another person. Their sin must be convi- uh, convinced, confessed, and an additional 20% must be paid to the wrong party. And then the second half of chapter 5 talks about marital faithfulness and jealousy offerings. And if a, a husband suspects a wife of cheating, they yes. could go uh, in front of the, the priest. Yes. And then there was a whole ritual deciding if the wife defiled herself with another man. Right. Now... This is sassy. I know it's sassy, mm-hmm. but I'm curious. It didn't work the other way? With the man? Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> no, it didn't. Nope. Because what if the wife was like, I don't, I, I think maybe Jimbo. I think maybe Jimbo might be carrying on with, with Ethel over there. 
I want to take this in front of the priest. I think they'd say you're not, you can't do that, woman. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. They'd say, woman, go back. Yeah. They'd say, you might have to go pray about that or ask for forgiveness. I don't think they'd let a woman do that. Do you? No. Well, it's not in here. No. But no. Jimbo could be like, Ethel. Yeah. You too. and Perseus are carrying on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know why a Greek name would be in with the Israelites, but yeah, Perseus just came to mind. Yeah. And if your husband was here, he'd have sassy remarks. Oh. Of all people. I don't even want to. Do you know how many times a week I hear, I am the man? Uh-huh. It's in the Bible. Yeah, I know. I And I can vouch for you. How many times do I have to hear that? Well, you know. I'm like, where in the Bible does it say? Show me where it says that. Well, are you going to listen if I find it? Like, yeah. I, don't... I know. I know. We'll let him. We can't. Words can't express. <laughs> I know. Mary Jane. Um, did you have notes for chapter five? I just had um, men and women should strengthen the bond of trust in marriage. Flirtatious and intimate communication with someone you're not married to can build suspicion and weaken trust. Guard your heart and guard your marriage in order to maintain trust and strengthen your bond with your spouse. Mm. Now, it does say men and women. Men and women. Well, yeah, but this is like, they're referring to like current times. Yeah. Men and women. But But back then. No. Mm -mm. I think it was just, hey, woman. Yeah, let's go. You know what happened the other way. Well, listen, I it that's just I think human nature. Yeah, it's not right, but, but it, yeah, it, we know. Okay. <laughs> we know. Oh, friend. All right. Is yeah. there anything else for chapter five? Let me check over here. No. I'm. We're already on chapter six. We are. We've done good. Oh my goodness. Okay, so chapter six. This part was, a, I mean, it's all interesting, but I, I, the Nazarite laws, oh. uh, that was an interesting part. In Moses' day, a personal vow was as binding as a written contract. It was one thing to say you would do something, but it was considered much more serious when you made a solemn vow to do it. God instituted the Nazarite vow for people who wanted to devote some time exclusively to serving him. This vow could be taken for as, la- uh, as little as 30 days or as long as a lifetime. It was voluntary with one exception. Parents could take the vow for their young children, making them Nazarites for life. The vow included three distinct restrictions. One, the person must abstain from wine and fermented drink two the hair could not be cut and the beard could not be shaved three touching a dead body was prohibited the purpose of the nazarite vow was to raise up a group of leaders devoted completely to god samson samuel and john the baptist were probably nazarites for life that is something to um to offer up your your child i know because at any now I'm not saying that the that the the children growing up would be like, well, no, we don't want to do this anymore. Maybe they very much enjoyed it, but they didn't have a choice. No, no, they didn't. Hmm. 
And if they said to us, they're going to do it for a lifetime, well, there you go. Right. That's a lifetime commitment. Yeah. And maybe it's just hard to understand that through 2020 Probably. eyes. Yeah, it might be. Because sometimes we can't focus from, or I'll speak for myself, sometimes I can't focus for more than two minutes. Yeah. But imagine if you grew up like, like if you were Amish. That's true. And you were born into the Amish. They stayed Amish. You know what? That's true. So... That's just what it was. It is what it is. So then in, did you have any other notes? No, because the note was just that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. In, I wanted to read this verse, uh, Numbers chapter six, verses 22 through 27. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's just beautiful. So the the priestly blessing on number six. 24 through 26 that that is also a benediction which a benediction is a bestowing of a blessing especially at the end of a religious service okay and um, that one there is um, also called Aaron's blessing sometimes they refer to it as that and it's one of the they say that's the oldest poem in the bible that one is yeah so I just wanted to share that Thank you. It's just so beautiful. It is. I remember, I think that might be one of the first ones I ever learned as a little girl. Oh. Yeah. It's so easy and simple and, you know, I just love it. Now, did you have the note where it kind of broke down what that all meant? Yes. Did you want to read that? Sure. Okay. A blessing was one way of asking for God's divine favor to rest upon others. The ancient blessing in these verses helps us understand what a blessing was supposed to do. Its five parts conveyed hope that God would bless and protect them, smile on them, be pleased, be gracious, merciful, and compassionate, show his favor toward them, give his approval, give peace when you ask God to bless others or yourself. You are asking him to do these five things. The blessing you offer will not only help the one receiving it, but it will also just demonstrate love, encourage others, and provide a model for caring, a model of caring for others. That's wonderful. Yes. That is so good. I love that. Yes. That's just... It's just wonderful. It is. Yeah. Wow. And Aaron turned around because you remember he, they came to him about that gold... That was Aaron. That was Aaron. Okay, let's go ahead and do that. That's right. Good thing. That's right. That was him. Yeah, Yeah. let's just make that that golden calf. Yeah, all right. Let's go ahead. Moses left him in charge. That poor Moses. And now Aaron, I wonder if anybody's saying, why didn't he get, you know, get the... Zip-zapped? (laughs) Zip-zapped. We all did. Well, no, they're already gone. Well, remember, but Aaron lost his sons. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So we got to say that. It's also sometimes called the priestly blessing. Okay. I just thought I'd share that. I love that one. It's just precious. 
It is. And thank you for dropping that knowledge yeah. on us. Cause that's, that's good to know. Yes. Why did, you know what? That was a wonderful point. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Aaron. Aaron's like, I don't know if Moses is coming back. Yeah. You're right. Let's go back to our wicked ways. Let's go on ahead and go back. We'll go ahead and do that today. (laughs) We'll see what tomorrow holds. We'll go ahead and do that today. (laughs) I mean, how they, well, it's all right. It's not my place. I would have had such fear. You know, when he saw Moses on Mount Sinai, he's like, oh, oh. He's oh, back. Dang it. That was wrong. <laughs> that was that was a bad choice. That was not right. No. Everyone hide it. Yeah, you know he had like flashes. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> I so would have been Moses throwing that that tablet. And you know he ripped his clothes. You know that man was just standing there naked. Uh-huh. What is going on up here this whole time? I've been up there. I've been chit-chatting with God. My <laughs> hair is white. And you're down here doing who knows what. Yeah. Can you imagine instead of people saying a foul word in 2020, ripping their clothes? Um, people would be put in, in psycho wards. Well, everyone would be naked, first yeah. of all. Yeah. It wouldn't mean anything because the way everyone gets upset over everything, yeah. everyone would just be naked. Yeah. They should have like a reality show of that, like getting mad in the old times, biblical times. Be this at, is the only way we can show our anger. Be at the grocery store. What do you mean those cherry tomatoes ring up at $2.48? <laughs> 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 That would be so funny. <laughs> that, ma'am, that bleach was not $8.47. Yeah. Why do you think I would buy bleach for $8.47? Woof! <laughs> <laughs> you would just see, what if it was at Walmart? You just oh. have naked friends yeah, all friends. throughout Walmart. <laughs> nice friends. <laughs> of course, they're already half naked at the Walmart. Yeah, they, yeah. God bless those people. May yeah. the Lord bless him. Yeah. Shine his face upon <laughs> Yeah. Did you know that Superman got a, a PETA for a coat? I'm sorry, what? You know, you know Spider-Man? Wait. He got a new coat and it's a PETA. I'm sorry. You're mixing up superheroes. Are we talking about Superman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. He got a new coat, a pita. Like a pita bread? He got a pita bread coat. Yeah. It's called a pita parker. Okay. (laughs) That's my husband's joke for today for the K through (laughs) 8 online school. A pita parker. A pita parker. I really thought you were serious. I'm like, pita, the, the animal group? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. All yeah. right. Um, well, I mean, that's it. Did you have anything else? No, I just loved that. My gosh. All right. Yeah. We just zip through. Yeah. Um, well, let's give out some information. Okay. Uh, the email is basicbiblestudy19, the number 19 at gmail.com. Facebook 
facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy. And the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. Okay, so for next time, we are going to be reading Numbers chapters 10, verses 11 through 36, through chapter 14. I guess that's it. Yeah, and we'll see you after Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All take, right. take care, everyone. God bless.